Hello and welcome back to the Sweet Disaster Podcast, Ask the Coach. I am so excited to bring you not just a friend of ours, because I cannot tell you that this woman hasn't become more than a friend and has become just pretty much family. Um, this is our amazing, amazing friend, Ashley, my husband's favorite person around because she does some of the most amazing photos for us and has always been a, a fan favorite by my husband and me. Um, but Ash, will you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Steph. I really, really appreciate, you know, getting to talk with you and catch up and um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, my name is Ashley Durham. I am a wedding and portrait photographer based in, now I'm in Lake Havasu City, but I have lived all over the country. Um, and I'm also a business and uh, mentoring person for women, specifically mothers in business for themselves. Um, because I am a mom of four, I've got four kids ranging from 14 to 20. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much the gist of me. <laughs> No, it was funny because before we ever got on, I was sitting here all morning and I was trying to pinpoint which state you and I have met because we've done photos in Colorado. We've done photos here in like the Chicago, Wisconsin area. Yep. I was like debating. I'm like, I know we both have been here and we both have been here and I feel like I've watched you travel the world. So now I was like, where did we actually meet? Um, and it was from the... It was. It was yeah. the stylized wedding shoot that, to this day, my husband and I still use as our wedding photos. Oh, um, love that. We, it was one of the most amazing times that we've ever had. We said we wanted to recreate it and make a real thing out of it. But, um, I mean, now we're 15, 14 years in. I feel like we missed that boat. Um, <laughs> Never too late. Never too late. Um. But it's been an amazing road to watch you as a, you know, outsider, as a friend, as a client, to just watch you grow and do and truly love what you do. Because like, there's a difference about just doing it for the dollars and just doing it because um, it's an easy thing that transports kind of thing, but also doing it because it's a true passion of yours. And you can see your light, your love, your ex your excitement over what you do is just flowing from you. When you're behind the camera, you can absolutely see that that's just comfort and home and it's your place to be. I don't, I look awkward behind one. I promise it's probably not pretty. So <laughs> well, what, I can confirm um, you do not look awkward in front of the camera. <laughs> that's my place. I go in front of the camera, definitely not behind it um they don't have to hold one it's not pretty <laughs> why we um, work together <laughs> exactly that's why their partnerships work that they do um yes, but yes. What got you what got you started and in loving photography and turning it into not just a hobby but truly a the thing that supports your family so it's funny um when i was growing up I was always that kid with the camera, right? Like when we went on field trips, I had the camera. When we were just, you know, this was back before cell phones were a thing. I had my little Kodak with, you know, actual film in it. Um, and I have so many shoe boxes from my childhood just filled with photos of some of the silliest things. Like I, I used to have these little ceramic figurines of animals, right? Cause I was an only child for a very long time and um, I would play with them and then I would set them up 
And then I would take photos of them and I would pretend like this is the soccer team. This is a fan. And I actually like would line them up. Um, I did photos of Barbie and Ken. I did their wedding photos. It was phenomenal. I was seven. Um, so I've always, right? Like I've, I've always just very much been drawn to storytelling. And, and I actually, um, when I was younger, there was two careers that I really wanted to do. One, I either wanted to be in the Navy and I wanted to fly around and I wanted to be part of like the media for the Navy. Um, or I wanted to work for National Geographic, which is really, really where I wanted to be. Um, and I wanted to travel around and tell photo or like tell stories in a photographic way. So uh -huh. I grew up like just pouring over National Geographic's, right? And my brother had a subscription, but I stole it from him. Like every time it would come in, I would be like, shoot. And he never even, I don't even think he cared. Um, so when I got married at 19 and we had four babies, like boom, 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 boom. Um, right before my husband deployed to Afghanistan in 2008, he bought me like a real camera. So not just like a point and shoot camera, which, you know, was what was back then. We bought this very, very expensive, took uh, two paychecks to pay for it camera. And um, while he was deployed to Afghanistan and I was pregnant with our fourth kid, uh, we were living in Okinawa, Japan. And I taught myself how to use the camera in manual mode. So instead of like with a, point and shoot you just literally point and shoot right but you have a lot more control with um a dslr uh telling the stories in front of mm -hmm. you so i just wanted to take photos of my kids and like our adventures and traveling and like this was back before instagram was a thing like i would have been so good at instagram in okinawa but whatever hey. um and when we moved from okinawa to north dakota one of my girlfriends um, online, she had bought a DSLR roughly around the same time I did. And she opened up a business in Alaska. Uh, and I was like, if she can do it, so can I. So within a week, I had a Facebook fan page because this is how old my business is. I had a Facebook fan page and I had a blogger blog. Okay. Like way, way back when. Um, and I just started asking people like, can I take your photos? Um, and I did a little bit of everything to start off with just to kind of see like where, like what stories I really wanted to tell. Um, and I really fell in love with boudoir and couples and families. Like that was really the three things that I really loved to do. Uh, and before I knew it, I was booked six months out and I mean, I wasn't making, I was making less than somebody flipping burgers at McDonald's would make. And this was before McDonald's started paying their employees really well. Um, I actually figured out my first year in business, I was making $2 and 12 cents an hour. Uh, <sighs> right. Like it was, this was 2010. Okay. Um, but yeah. And then we moved to Colorado after my husband got out of the air force and uh, I met this amazing makeup artist named Londa Chavez and she introduced me to her people and my business exploded and honestly I hit the ground running and I have not stopped since 2010. That's so, awesome. Yeah so now I get to travel around the country and I shoot primarily weddings but I also do families, seniors and a little bit of boudoir um, 
but yeah, my, my bread and butter is really weddings. So. And I love it. I, I love that it started just from, I want to take pictures of my kids. Like originally, yes, you were doing it back in the day, which I love the fact, because I have seen, I think I just, my mom dropped off two boxes, three boxes when she moved just recently and was like, here, these are all your stuff. And I was like, what's in them? Like what? I haven't opened these in like 15 years. What's in these? And literally a whole box was of pictures that I took. And you know, as a kid, they are not centered. You're probably looking more at the ground than you were anything else because you couldn't see the screen because these were those, you know, the the old school. Let's let's take it back now. Um, roll it if you want to take a picture. Make sure there's film in it. Yes, yes. Um, oh, I was all of these old old pictures, and it was laughing, and the kids thought it was hysterical. That yeah. that's you. Yeah, that that would be your mom. Hi. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Bad haircut and all things. Um, oh, but what started as just a a childhood dream or like fun um, turned into a full career for you, which is amazing. Uh, it, it just takes a little bit of that that belief in yourself. I mean, yeah, just like you said, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. What is stopping us, you know? Um, um, so what was the, what was... I mean, you've said out loud that I think your business has been open since 2010. So that's what, 13 years now. Um, what has been some of the biggest struggles and some of the biggest wins that you've gone through in your business? Oh, gosh. Um, so there are two struggles that immediately come to mind. One is imposter syndrome, where you are like, like, you're good. And you're making money, but you see people that are good, but they're making a lot of money. And like, you kind of wonder like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm not good enough to be charging. I'm not like, well, I don't know. It's, it's a thing. Um, and it's, I actually was talking with a, a girlfriend of mine this morning who she was struggling with trying to sell her, her imagery. And I told her, I was like, look, here's the thing. If you don't value your work, why should anybody else? Mm. The difference between someone who is very, very successful and someone who wants to be successful is you have to have a mind shift and it's all on you. Okay. Mm. Somebody else isn't dictating your business. It is your business. Right. So um, it's not like you have a boss that's telling you what to do. The only person holding you back is you. And I feel like once you can get over that mind shift change, this mm -hmm. whole new world world of opportunity opens up and it's actually really pretty incredible to to feel as a entrepreneur but as a business coach to actually watch my my students overcome mm -hmm. this mental block of imposter syndrome uh, it's just beautiful and it's it's really incredible to watch the other big challenge is that I have moved um mm. let's see North Dakota 2010 Colorado, 2011, California, 2014, back to Colorado, 2017. Uh, let's see. Georgia, 2019, Wisconsin, 2020. And I just moved to Arizona this summer. So that's what, seven, eight moves in 13 years. So there's definitely a challenge 
of marketing and maintaining a place in the in the industry when you know especially with weddings and families and stuff like that's all very very regionally specific um and I have been able to maintain a six-figure career the last 11 years out of the 13 that I've been in business because I've I, I understand how to move and how to instantly insert myself into a regionally specific industry. So mm. those, those are the two biggest challenges. And I think those are also wins for me because I've I'm in the process of overcoming <laughs> imposters imposter syndrome. Um I struggle with it like everybody else, every other entrepreneur in the world, but I'm beginning to realize that I do have experience that other people covet, right? And I firmly believe a rising tide lifts all boats, that lighting another candle does not extinguish your own. I'm a wealth of information and I have people that reach out to me all the time across industries, like how in the heck do you do this? And I'm like, there you go, here's the blueprint, but you have to do it, you have to do the work. Um, right. And being able to maintain, you know, a, a career while moving across the country as many times as we have, um, that I, I sustain, I'm the primary breadwinner of our family, mm. which is amazing. I was able to, you know, have my husband really focus on, on his health and his, um, his well-being. Um, in his years post-military and to be there for my kids with all of the stuff that they've got going on. It's just been, that's my biggest win is being able to support my family while also being with my family. Yeah. And I think so many of us, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, I think it's more prevalent within the entrepreneur or business realm of that imposter syndrome being the a biggest I don't want to call, I want to call it hurdle because it's something to get over, but I think that it's a crutch for so many because we sit there and we, we play the imposter game. We play the, Oh, maybe I can't. And all the, the excuses are never ending. Um, I've, I've dealt with it in my own business. I've dealt with it in many other, you know, situations. And even as a mom, you can play imposter syndrome too. Like, am I doing everything that I need to be? Should I be a part of the PTA? Do I need to hear? Like, I mean, we can play imposter syndrome in every situation. For sure. Do you let it be the crutch that stops you? Or do you let it be just the hurdle that you get over? Oh, I like that. That is, and I think write that down. Is it, that is, is it an excuse or is it a hurdle? Oh, that's good. Use that for your your students. I mean, it's so big. Do we do we allow the fear? Because imposter syndrome is just fear trying to show itself. Mm -hmm. It shows itself in our mental capacity. That is what is imposter syndrome is a mental you're mentally fearing something you're trying to protect yourself. And Mm so let it stop you. Or do you let it accelerate you? Do you do you push through and go, okay, I can handle this. Watch me. I've got this, or you allow it to be the crutch that stops you from continuing onward. And that can be in every situation, business, mom life, all of it. Um, But the way that you have overcome it, you wouldn't, I would never, in all of the time of knowing you, I would never think that you suffered from imposter syndrome. I never. Oh, it's, it's, (laughs) it's prevalent. It is there. It is. 
underneath every decision I make. It's under, I mean, it's just, um, God, what is, there's like a quote about fear and overcoming fear. I can't remember it right now. If I think of it, I'll, I'll tell you later, but, um, no, it's fear is either a motivating factor to quit or to accelerate. And I just choose, maybe it's my Scorpio, this coming out i don't know but i'm very much uh if they can do it so can i kind of which is i think we need we all can take a a little nod and a little education from that because i mean i'm one of those like you tell me i can't and watch me i'm gonna do it three times over like just to prove that you know like i'm one of those people like i am so virgo and i'm a type a i'm a type a virgo so let me just show you hold on a minute um (laughs) i believe that so thoroughly I love that. (laughs) But it's interesting because so many times, like you can, you can let it use, you can let that, that prove it, um, be shown though. Like, I think the difference for what I, maybe I'm thinking is that you don't show the imposter syndrome. You don't, you might behind closed doors and when the computer and the things are off, you can be staring at pictures all day and being like, do I do this one? Do I not do this one? Is this enough? Is this okay? Like you probably run the millions of questions and things, Mm -hmm. but when you're in front of the client, when you're out in front of social media, when you're in front of people, that is, that is not, that is put away. And I have to, that because even, I think that's some part of getting over it and and using it as the motivating factor is that it's never going to like just magically not be there. Right. It's a matter of when do we allow it to question us and show up because you could easily have that imposter syndrome in front of a client and be like, well, is that really what you want to do? Are you sure? No, maybe. I don't know about that. And then they're going to be like questioning whether like, what did I just pay for? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Or you can walk in like you do and you're like, this is it. Let's go. Here's this. How about that? And I'm always like, yes. Like, <laughs> I, love I can, I, I joke around with my brides and I, I tell them, look, I am a type A minus. Okay. I like my lists. I like my things to do. I have no problem being assertive. There is very rare a situation that I'm walking into that I don't have experience with, especially after doing weddings for as long as I have. I have seen just about everything. Knock on wood. But I'm also able to go with the flow. And I understand, you know, things happen. And sometimes we have to adjust and recalculate. And so they always find that really funny. It's like type A minus. Because I'm not really, I'm definitely not a B. I'm definitely not a B. I'm not even a B plus, but I am an A minus. So, <laughs> but that's that's I think, and going with going with the flow is sometimes hard. Like I know that as a military spouse and mom, at mm-hmm. first that was like my biggest like it full anxiety would happen because I was like hurry up and wait. I don't understand what mm-hmm. I don't understand the concept. And I had a really small apartment and a toddler, and I was trying to keep the house clean it was literally smaller than my entire living room now. And I was always so panicked about the fact that it didn't look pretty and it wasn't always clean. And she was touching something and this whole concept. And yet I'm like sitting here, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I frustrated over the fact that a toy is out? Like going with the flow is something that 
I think so many of us are like, oh, that sounds great and sounds so easy. But yet we get into life and we're not doing what we're saying. Right. And going with the flow. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do, though, as a business entrepreneur and mom, especially when you are that sole provider. How do you find that flow? How do you find that like balance of you're moving, meaning you are the center of the house. You are the one who it all but on top of it I want to be at football and I want to be at this and I've got choir here and you know like all the things how do you do it all (laughs) okay so I'm gonna blow your mind right now okay there is no such thing as work-life balance it does not exist there is no such thing as equal parts where things meet it doesn't happen and the reason why I say this is because some days I need to be a hundred percent mom. I need to be a hundred percent mom. I need to not be on my phone, not answering calls, not blogging, not social media ing. I need to be 100% focused on my, on my family. There are also days and times where I need to 100% be focused on my job. Mm-hmm. 100%, not 99%, but a hundred percent. So if someone is paying me $8,000 to photograph their wedding, you better believe I am not sitting there dealing with right. non-emergency situations, right? That is why I have a husband who is my partner in being a parent, right? So there, there are times where I'm allowed to be 100% focused on my business. There are days where I'm allowed to be 100% focused on being a mom. And it's not 50-50. Some days, right. you know, there are times where I'm able to be totally off from work for a few days and vice versa, right? So that's the beauty of being a solo entrepreneur is I decide who I work with and when, how much, and I realize I can ask for help. I don't actually have to do everything on my own, okay? In the business, I can outsource editing or my latest thing is AI, which is the best thing ever invented. God bless the people from Aftershoot. Um, I can hire a VA, a, a virtual assistant. I can do all these things, right? So that way I can focus more on my family. In retrospect, you know, on the flip side of the coin, I have a husband who is perfectly capable of doing laundry. I have four children who are perfectly capable of making themselves a snack. Like I don't. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they can clean the toilets. I don't have to do that. They are totally capable. Now, when they were younger, when I started my business, my youngest son, Noah, was one, obviously. That was a little bit different. Now he's 14. My oldest is now 20. Um, so I'm in a different stage of life than than other moms, especially moms who are my age, because I did start very, very young with, with the family. Um, I was 18 when my first was born. So, um, you know, it's just... There is no such thing as work-life balance and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. 100%. I mean, I say all the time how balance is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Balance is an illusion and it's a matter of how well you do the illusion, right? We're, we've got a million plates in the air. Mm-hmm. Only at any point, you know, we're juggling, right? But if you ever know something about juggling, only at there's only one ball in your hand at a time. 
Mm-hmm. Ever, at any point in time when you juggle, there's only one ball in your hand at any point in time. The yeah. other two are flipping. They're an illusion that you've got it under control. And so when we think about it, yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of days where like I've sat and done three back-to-back podcast interviews at each at an hour and a half long. My poor toddler's looking at me like, hello, <laughs> can I, can I see my mom today? Yeah. And then there's other days where I'm like, like just yesterday, I took her to the museum. I turned my phone, like obviously didn't turn it off, but I put it on do not disturb. I turned off all notifications. We had the day at the museum, just had fun. And now this weekend, my birthday where I have stuff scheduled out and, but there's the difference of if you want it bad enough, you can either make it happen or you let the excuses take over. Mm-hmm. We moms feel so many times that well, I'm a mom. I can't. It's such but, a BS excuse. Yes. Excuse my language, but that is such a BS excuse. It really is. And I, I feel like it feeds into imposter syndrome because if we are not the world's best mom, if you walk into my house and there's a toy on the ground, we think the world is going to end. We're going to be so judged like and harshly by everybody, but especially other moms. And it's just this facade of like perfection that isn't real. No. You know what I mean, it is not real. And there are days where it's totally okay to turn your phone off or put it on do not disturb and take your kid to the museum. Yeah. Your business can wait. Your business. Right. Can, right. Know? And it- and, but then at the same time, your family can also wait for a minute. Like we're so prone to putting the business second. Yes. My family first business second. Right. Like, and we, that's normal, right? That's the thing that's always pushed, put family first, then the business cool. Got it. But we're also not in tune as parents. Like my toddler is downstairs playing while we're, we're recording right now. Like while we're doing this, my toddler is downstairs playing. Does she need me to be one-on-one in her face the whole time? No. She can handle while we do this. Mm -hmm. And then I've got her for the rest of the day. But it's understanding that that doesn't make you a bad mom. That doesn't wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) That doesn't make you any less of a mom. Like, like you said, you need to be the best mom, but here's the difference. I think we, we don't finish that statement is that we need to be the best mom for our family. Mm-hmm. Your family needs a different mom than my family does. And another family needs a different mom than a different family. Like we need to be paying attention to what our family needs. Mm-hmm. And and it constantly fluctuates too because sometimes your family right. needs you more. Right? Like sometimes your family needs you more. There are other times where you can kind of focus on other things, right? And that's not bad. Mm, not at all. And focus on your dreams. That's not bad either. Like, oh, it's not. It's not. And it's funny because, like, my my four kids have obviously grown up with an entrepreneur as a mom, right? Let me tell you, my kids are so wildly different than I was growing up because I was raised by a mom who hated her job who found no passion in what she did. And she always preached to me, find something that you love to do and make a career out of it. 
And so that's what I did. Like literally I fell into her voice and I don't work for somebody else. I don't have to punch a clock. I don't, you know, I get to pick who I work with. And it's such a gift that I appreciate. My children see that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now they're like empowered. Yes. Do what makes them passionate. And they realize that it is so, so, so possible to be a person, to be a role and to be a entrepreneur. You can do all three. And I, the thing we're missing, or at least I I don't want to say we, but society in general is missing is that the title doesn't define you. The job doesn't define you. You get to define you. But what does that, what does this societal norm? Because I grew up with a mom who worked in the medical field and you kind of just saw that like her light wasn't there. Like when she would go to work, she would go because she had to, she'd come home. You saw the light just wasn't in her. Now that she's retired, I can see this woman shining from three states away because she just moved. And I mean, I just love seeing her pursuing the things that she just loves to do, right? Like she has no clock to to worry about. She just goes and does. And if that's hiking today and it's taking pictures of the animals, great. If it's doing nothing and it's reading all day, wonderful. Like she just that. has a life about herself. And as a child growing up in that kind of a house, you see like, okay, the nine to five looks great. It's secure. It gives me a retirement, but, and a life and it provides, but it doesn't make her happy. Like it doesn't, it didn't make my mom happy to go to work. Like, yeah, she loved what she did, but she wasn't like, woo, throw a party over it. Like she did what she thought was okay. Like it was okay. And it set this standard of okay. It was a job. Yes. It was a job. But now me stepping into, and and I always felt like my mom left her dreams behind when she became a mom. So there were times where like, especially growing up, I looked at my mom and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Because I always felt like she left, she couldn't do her dreams and pursue things because of me. And then when my brother came around, it's, it was still tenfold. Like now she's got both of us. And so you kind of realize like at that point, I was like, my mom gave up on so much of her stuff, like of, of the things that made her joyful and happy and probably a totally different lifestyle or career choice mm-hmm. because she was trying to provide verse, follow the passion. And now I see in my kids, I mean, they come up with ideas all the time. They have an expansive imagination of like, Hey, let's put this together. Like this one will kill you. Jackson went in, he was asking me to buy the bags of Jolly Ranchers. And I was like, okay, every time I would go to the grocery store, this kid would ask me in for another, like the big bag of Jolly Ranchers. And I was like, what are you doing with these things? Like you would be wired if you were eating the whole container. He's like, I don't even touch these. And I was like, then where are they going? He's like, mom, you know that you can make a dollar for every one of these. And I was like, Yes, Jackson. Yes. Supply and demand. I love that. How old is Jackson now? He's 12. 12. Oh my God. He's an entrepreneur and he's not even like in high school. I haven't even gone through puberty yet. And he's already making money selling junk. I'm so proud right now. (laughs) I'm so proud right now. I love that. I don't know if they would 
I don't know if they would think that way. I don't know if they would look at what do I have? What do what can I do? Like, I don't know if they would see that and think opportunity and but go for it. I do have to say that the women that came before us, because it sounds like your mom and my mom were very similar in mentality without their sacrifice correct we could not be the women that we are 100 percent. you know what i'm saying and i think that deserves to be said because my mom had to start over at 40 mm. with, with me after her divorce she had to start over she had to do what she had to do and this was back in the 90s before etsy was a thing let me tell you if things were happening now oh my god my mom is the most creative person I've ever met in my entire life she would own Etsy at this point um you know what I mean but she had to get a a job she had to get a job she had to provide um and I think the lessons that you and I both learned from our mom of like we have to take care of our family first like we need to provide for our family first I think that also plays very, very strongly into who we are mentally. But I think watching that struggle is also the other counter counterpoint, I guess, where it's like, we need to provide for our family, but we need to live a life of joy while doing it. Right. And I think that's the difference is that we recognized, we recognize that you can still like, yes, it sounds like this wonderful, magical moment of being able to like have a job that made money but still brought you joy like I remember growing up that everybody would say that this is some illusion and it's just a load of shenanigans and yet I hate to say we're living proof like we are living proof and I remember growing up my mom would always tell me one day I wish that you can be a stay-at-home mom because that was like one of the things she always wanted to do she wanted to be more involved in our lives And she just wished to be a stay-at-home mom, but needed to work. Like, that's just how it was. And so it's been funny being the stay-at-home parent. But then at one point in time, I did go back to work. And my mom's like, what are you doing? Like, she would shake. You, like, get so frustrated at me going back to work. She's like, why do you need to go back to work? And I was like, because my mental sanity requires me to go to work. Like, I need that outlet. Like, I need that space. I love them. Love them dearly. But I can only do so many before I go bonkers I don't know about you Love that. But, it, but I think the thing that we we now have of like it, it's the ebb and flow it's the what works for you is great if it is being a stay-at-home mom and it's cuddling kids all day props to you I love it yes go for it I mean there was a stage where yes I loved being home especially when we were military I was the rock. So I was the foundation while Chris was gone all the time. So for me, that was my job. I took it seriously and I loved every ounce of it. Now my kids are getting older. You know, I've got 13 and 12. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm like, I'm kind of like, okay, y'all are following your dreams. My turn, my turn too. And -hmm. I think we have a hard time saying my turn. We put our husband out there. We put our kids out there. We put them on the calendar. We do all the things. We drive across town. We cross state lines to get them to another competition or whatever the heck they're doing now. We've traveled, being military spouses, we've traveled across the country. We've traveled 
internationally to follow their careers. And at some point in time, we have to turn around and go, my turn. Yeah. And it's hard to and do it, that. Hey. It is so, so hard to do that. I, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> That's probably a blog to- or not a blog topic, a podcast topic for another day <laughs> where we could talk about the shift of my turn. And it is a shift. It, it is. will take a shift and it will take a big one um, because your family got so used to you being you in your role, right? They were, they were used to a role that you played that was very give. And now it's kind of one of those where you're stepping back going, I mean, you're at an age, you can figure it out. Like I've taught you, I have taught you how to clean a. Like you said, I, I've taught you how to clean a toilet. You can figure this out. Like read the can if you can't read. Like, I mean, I'm here to answer questions, but at some point you need yes. to do what you're capable of. And that's yes. going to be, you know, you, you have a four-year-old, right? Your four-year-old is not going to clean the toilet, but your four-year-old can certainly pour themselves a glass of milk. They, they can mean, pick up their clothes, hopefully, you know, maybe wearing scuba gear in winter might not be a good idea, but for all intents and purposes, it's all age appropriate, right? So I have a 17-year-old who she drives. It's amazing. Oh my God, wait till your kids can drive. It's like the best thing ever. Um, but I can, I can send her to the store. I can have her pick up her younger brother from football practice. I, you know, she can do age appropriate, responsible mm-hmm. things. My 14-year-old, he knew he had to have clothes clean. He did his own laundry last I had to go to bed. I went to bed at 8.30 last night. Good night. Went to bed at 8.30. He stayed up and did his laundry. I feel like I'm winning like the mom lottery right now because it's all age appropriate. They're okay to do things on their own. Just saying. And, and it's okay like to have the different stages where, yeah, they're dependent on you. And then there's a point where they start to transition out. And, you know, yeah, she's four, but she likes to do the dishes with a mess and she can pour herself her own milk. And yes, again, there's a mess, but we're learning. And eventually there comes a point in time where we've got to prep them for stepping outside of our umbrella and here's life. But I I think the biggest thing that I always advocate for is as moms, why are we waiting until those kids walk out the door? to then figure out who we are beyond the title of mom. And we have this whole like meltdown when they walk out the door, because now we're like, well, my mom title just got literally walked out the front door. And now what do I do? Who am I? Why are we waiting until we hit that point when we could be doing it now? Or like you're saying at certain stages where, okay, we can figure out who I am. Like I am somebody underneath the title of mom and wife. Who is that? What makes me? And I don't have to wait until my kids walk out the door to still pursue my dreams, to pursue my passions Mm -hmm. and, and still do. I feel like, you know, you're Stephanie, right? You are Stephanie, but you're not just a mom. You're not just a wife. You're not just a Christian. You're not just an entrepreneur. You're not just an athlete. You're not just a coach. You are all of those things and so much more. And I think it's beautiful that you are showing your kids that it's okay to, 
to do all those things, to be all those things, and to constantly be striving to discover yourself. And then you're constantly reinventing yourself. The Stephanie that was 15 and the Stephanie that was 20 and 25, 30, 35, and soon, you know, to be 40 and beyond, you're going to be different those whole times, right? And I think it's beautiful that our children get to grow with us. Yes. As opposed to growing while we watch. Yes. Right? Yes. So when I, when I always said, I knew I would be done with kids at some point in time. Like I just knew there would be this like stark feeling of like, I am, I'm done. So honey, we're done. And I had, after I had Maggie, I said, I'm done. I don't want any more kids. I now want to experience my children. And, and that's the difference is like, I was in a stage where I was all about my babies, like live, breathe, push them out, love them, like all the things, right? Like I want to house you, grow you, be you, love you, all the things, right? And now I'm like, I want to experience you. So that means maybe I'm like I do, I go to the gym and I coach my girls at gymnastics. Okay. It's an old passion of mine. Mm-hmm. But it's their current passion, and I can combine the two and have a moment with my girls, and wow. be there. And I can, and they can see matter. me, right? And they they get to see me in a different light. I am allowing my children to see me in different lights, as the business person, as the athlete, as the motivator and mom. Um, I mean, I let them see the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, the other day, I was just, I'm sobbing. I'm emotional. I'm crying because of whatever. And I let them see it. Good. Good for you. Because- a, lot of, a lot of women shy away from... Right. It's like that. It, it, it's imposter syndrome with your own children. You want oh, them yeah. to think that you are perfect, right? You want them to respect you, and you want them to only think good things of you, but... Honestly, everybody has bad days. Everybody has emotions. Everybody goes through trials and tribulations, right? And I feel like if we can raise our children to have a healthy respect that people are not perfect 24-7 and to give them grace and to pray over them and to pray for them and to be there for them, Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest gift that we can give our kids is the ability to be empathetic and to be sympathetic and to realize like they don't have to be perfect. They can have bad days. They can have emotions. They can be mad. You can't hit someone, but you can be mad. Right. Right. You you have to, I, I just, I feel like, and that's, the beauty of being as you know, with my career is I'm able to teach them both mm-hmm. sides of the equation, right? Yeah. They see me working, busting my behind, working, constantly doing things. But then they also see the fruits of those labors, right? Yeah. So for example, oh my gosh, yesterday, um, my youngest son is on the JV football team for our local high school and they had to do a blitz selling these $20 cards that give like discounts to like local places in town. And so he would go and he, he would knock on random doors and be like, hi, do you want to buy a Knights card? And he would get turned down 
And I go, Noah, honey, do you realize that I work in sales and that I <laughs> studied marketing? That's my degrees in marketing. Um, and maybe just maybe come about this a different way. And he begrudgingly listened to me explain, you have to solve someone's problem. That's how you sell things. You sell the solution, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, do you want to buy this? Because people are turned off by it. But if I, you go, hi, my name is Noah. I'm a um, JV player for the local high school team. And we're raising money to pay for uniforms. And I have this discount card that offers discounts to all of these different places here, take a look at it while I'm talking to you. And it, it would really help our team out and be, you know, beneficial to the community. Would you be interested in, in helping me? Sold out in five minutes. Every single house yeah. that he, went to, he sold them. And he gets back in the car and he's like, you were right. You were right. You do know things. Like, oh, mom lottery. Ching. Mark the calendar because you never know when that's going to happen. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. The older the, that my kids get, the more I'm actually hitting those moments where they actually kind of acknowledge that I know things. Ooh. I'm not dumb. <laughs> that I wasn't born yesterday. It's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really cool to to be able to teach my kids skills, right? Right. I, and it, it's life skills though. It's big really? skills. It's showing them that failure isn't a bad, and I don't even say, I say that failure isn't an option. It's a lesson learned, um, that there's always a lesson to be learned or else it's success that, you know what, it going for your dreams, it might not be the most successful thing at the beginning, or it might have its ups and downs, right? But that doesn't mean that it's not okay, or that it's not successful, or that it's not this or that, whatever, right? You get to define that. I have to say, I think my kids are bolder and they're more loud, uh, I don't, loud, bold, confident, strong, however you want to word it, but they're more of that because of me stepping out, right? Because they've seen me follow dreams that I don't even know if they put to things, you know? I remember there was a day when I was a kid and my mom had to go into the hospital and seeing my mom, I had seen her cry, but like nothing too tragic. Right. But right. seeing my mom in the hospital was one of the like devastating moments, like sink to your stomach kind of thing, because I was like, oh, my gosh, my mom is not immortal. Like I yeah. genuinely thought my mother was like Wonder Woman. She could never die. Nothing would ever happen to her. She would be perfectly fine. And the minute I saw her in a hospital bed, I lost it completely lost it, had to leave the hospital, told my stepdad to leave with me because I was like, I cannot do this. Like, I cannot look at her this way. Yeah. And now I look at my kids and I'm like, I want you to see me. Yeah. Me come with, here you go. Right. The good, the bad, the ugly. I'm not going to hide it from you. Um, but I think that the kids have become stronger or they have, I don't know if it's stronger or if they have become more um, proud because they know I'm not perfect. They know that I'm more relatable. I think there's strength and vulnerability. Yes. Right. Like I think there's strength and vulnerability. I'm pretty sure my mom will live forever. Let's be honest. But, um, we think so. We, mm -hmm. we are going to determine that they will. I, I would love for her to be able to, but I, I don't know. I, um, 
there is strength in, in vulnerability. And my mom, you know, without getting too much into her business, she definitely taught me a lot about that. Um, and so I took those lessons and kind of compounded them with my own kids. Right. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think it's really important that kids understand that we are people. We were people before we were moms. We were people before we, we were wives. Uh, and guess what? We're going to be people afterwards too. And the whole yeah. time we get to do yeah. all the things. So something I think that is super cool that I learned about you guys is that you and Randy both work the, the photography business, or at least sometimes do work together. Now, mm-hmm. how does that, how has your business strengthened your guys's relationship? Because I feel like sometimes we feel like, well, the business is going to put strain on our relationship, but you two have made it. I don't know. I love watching you two work together. It is like the, the, like I get so excited because you're <laughs> bouncing ideas looking at it. you like, there's just a whole different like dynamic that I see, yeah. but how has that worked for you guys? Well, okay. I'm going to be the very, very first person to say that Randy and I do not have the typical marriage relationship, right? We actually really enjoy each other and we like to spend time with each other. We don't necessarily need outside things. So we really rely. That's why we were really terrible as a military couple, because we just could not handle the separations, right? It was terrible. Like it was really, really bad. Um, and I will be the first to, to tell you, like it was scary bad. Hi honey. How are you? Um, so, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I think being able to work together is a gift that not every couple can have and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes couples need their own things, but for us, I don't know. I really like working with him. I like him coming with me. I know that he has my back in a way Mm -hmm. that um, another associate photographer or assistant photographer doesn't have. And that's because he knows me so well stuff. Like it's almost kind of scary because he can forecast. (laughs) Yes. He can forecast fears and anxieties and he just knows how to rein me in and give me strength lift me up calm me down right there was a a wedding once where it was a few years ago and it was one of my best friends in the industry it was her sister's wedding and it was my first high-end wedding right it was beautiful like she had like an eight-tiered cake and wow she had like these big ginormous diamonds and like, it was just the biggest wedding of my career up at that point. And I had a meltdown behind the scenes. Nobody saw it, but Randy saw it. And he literally looked me in the eye and he's like, they wouldn't have hired you if you were not capable of doing this. Hmm. And coming from him, it meant a lot different than if it had come from like an associate photographer that had, you know, been hired on for the day because he just he gets it like he knows um he knows me really really well we've been together for 21 years like he honestly probably knows me better than I know myself sometimes um so it, it working together with a spouse 
is not always um, conducive to a marriage, right? Sometimes you need to have that separation. But for us, it really, really does work well together. Randy actually no longer works with me um, in the in the wedding industry simply because he is pursuing other passions, which I think is incredible. And I've actually been able to pivot my career to be um, less of a, a husband and wife team and really just stand on my own, um, which is a gift in itself. And um, but working with him is, is a, a definite plus, definite blessing. I miss it. I think that's incredible, though, because I think uh, Chris and I are very similar to you guys. We we actually really do love being with each other. Like if we could work full time, like which that's why I told you we are on our adventure, um, stepping forward in a new direction. And we're we're bringing each other together. Like yeah. this is what we want to do is actually work together like that's why we want to start our nonprofit. that's why we want to go about this is that he can leave corporate america and come with me and he loves watching me do what i love he loves doing that he loves being a part of it but on the same respect i love watching him step into his unknown talents like he doesn't know he's really good at certain things can you stop shaking the entire table um he doesn't know great at teaching or that he has a great um, perspective, especially when it comes to marriage about conversation and teaching. And he, he has that incredible talent and yet right. he feels no need to use it. Like he does. He's like, I don't have that too, but you do. Um, <laughs> and so it's cool to watch him step into something that he doesn't even know he's really good at right? and watching the dynamic. And I look at it and I go, when my kids walk out the front door, eventually all of them will be out of my house. I still got him. Right. And that's the great part is that this business and pretty much any business that we go forward with has that opportunity to bring the two of us together mm -hmm. and strengthen the relationship. Because as individuals, we've had the chance to be excited on who we are. It's yeah. given, like you said, you now get to stand on your own confidently while he pursues his passions as an independent right so the two independents are coming together and they can be stronger as one because each one is stronger as an independent it's you know it's interesting that you put it that way because so randy and we kind of talked about it a little bit before so randy is actually in the process of starting his own business after years and years of being an employee, okay, he was, he was in the military, he was a service member, but he was, you're an employee, right? Especially when you're lower enlisted, <laughs> you are an employee. Um, and then, you know, working his way up and being a manager, but it still was somebody else's business. And so he sees me having this freedom, right? And he sees me following my passion and making a career that sustains a family our size, it sustains us. And not, it's incredible. It's such a gift. And he's like, you know, I don't think I want to be an employee anymore. I don't want to do that. And I know that it's possible because I've seen you do it. And what he wants to do is so wildly different from photography 
Um, but it's something that he's been passionate about since forever, since he was probably 13, 14 years old. He's always been into, into off-roading and, and um, ATVs and stuff. So I think it's really cool that like as his partner in life, that he sees me accomplishing goals and not being a f- like, not necessarily not afraid of failure, but willing to face failure in the pursuit of that passion and that joy. And it's given him the strength to be like, if she can do it, so can I. And he knows that I have his back, just like he always had mine. There's so much power in that because like, we feel like, okay, well, we're the example, right? We always take on the example role. We want to be the role model for our children, right? We want our children to, you know, our boys to marry somebody like us, who's going to be determined and take care of them. And we want somebody good for our daughters. We want to raise our daughters to be like us and better like this whole thing. But we forget that our example can actually impact our own spouse too. I mean, and that's in business, that's in life, that's in healing, that's in spiritual worlds. I mean, my husband has even said to me multiple times, he goes, watching you pursue faith as hard as you do makes me want to pursue it harder. And we don't think about the impact that we can have on, like, yeah, we think that it's a partnership and great, it is. That partnership relies on two people working together, meaning I'm going to strengthen him and he's going to strengthen me. He's going to, he's going to call me out and tell me that (laughs) or this is outlandish. Have you thought about the repercussions of this? Like he's going to call me out, but at the same respect, I'm going to call him and be like, are you done? Have you had your moment? Um, when do we want to pursue, like, you know, we can call each other out at the same respect because we want nothing but the best for the other person, because that then makes the best for our relationship and our family. Well, and have you ever heard the expression that you are most like the five people you spend the most time with? Have you heard that before? Yeah. Your spouse is at the top of that list, whether it's your wife or your husband. It is yours. Yes. And if you can be a positive influence on them, they right. in turn can be a positive influence on you. And I feel like if you can keep it positive and keep it encouraging and supportive and respectful, it's going to mirror itself in you. Yes. Right. And then the cool thing is because you also spend that much time with your children, not only do they learn how to be a partner they learn what their partner should be like yes because you want that to be the legacy that you leave behind is good people being with good people yes it's not always them right i've always i've heard this recently it's not what you physically leave them it's what you leave in them is what you yeah absolutely and it might not be the photography business that you leave them because no, might you might have where all four of them, not a single one of them can ever touch a camera and know how to use it. That's great. They can, that's fabulous. It's wonderful. Now I look at my kids and I go, I could probably hand this off to one or two of them. Maybe they could function. But then I said, no, not right now. Um, but now it's not 
I look at it and go, it is not the fact of a building or a corporation. It's the type of people that walk out the door that care, end up carrying my last name. Like it's- what kind of people are going to walk out, out of this house? That's my legacy. These four are going to be the legacy that I leave. And then on top of that, what comes out after that? You know, it's not the building, it's the foundation. A hundred percent. Strong right? foundations ever sink. So. so, and I love what you do, speaking of foundations, is you work with clients to get that strong foundation to keep going forward, starting with their business. How do we, how do we be a mom and a business owner? How do we do this, you know, illusion well? And like you said, you work them through the opportunity to make six figures and how to make that a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily just in photography, right? But it's any business. Um, so what does that include for, what does that look like, I guess, for somebody who might be interested, loves what you're, we're talking over? What does that look like? It's, it's intimate. It's one-on-one. It is custom tailored to their specific situation because like you mentioned earlier everybody's family needs are going to be wildly different everybody's personal needs are going to be wildly different and everybody's business needs are going to be wildly different so someone who is a photographer isn't necessarily going to have the same responsibilities as someone who owns a brick and mortar business they're still an entrepreneur they're still a solopreneur but they've got different responsibilities right you also have a mom who just had her first baby versus someone who has four teenagers, wildly different, right? So when I'm coaching moms in business, right? We're talking about all of those things, all of those balls up in the air that they are juggling. And then we go, okay, what is the best way for you to handle this? Mm -hmm. What can you do personally? What do you need help with? How can we improve your system, your automations, your workflows, your communication, your marketing, your target? I call it a a client avatar. How can you talk to your client avatar specifically Mm -hmm. and stop wasting your time screaming into the void? Because if you're talking to everybody, nobody is listening. Yes. And so that's something that I drill really kindly, but I drill into my clients is you have to figure out who you want to serve, how you want to serve them. And then we're going to figure out together the best way to do that. So awesome. So awesome. Um, And so how do somebody else thinks this is awesome too? How do we go ahead and get in touch with you and figure out our options, whether that is photography, because we want to get in front of the camera or we want to be that boss mom who just really wants to step into her passions and take a step forward. How do we get in touch with you? So the best way to follow me is going to be on my website. That is ashdurham.com, A-S-H-D-U-R-H-A-M.com. Um, or if you're more of a social media butterfly, you can follow me on Instagram at Ashley Durham Photography. Um, and you can also find me that way on Facebook as well. Um, and the photography, the business side is really where I speak about all of this mentoring and, and myself as, um, a mom and, and all of that. So I try to be very, very vulnerable with my audience because I want them to realize I am not just a photographer. I'm also a mom. I'm also a wife. I'm a person. I'm 
you know, so that those are going to be the best places to find me. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, we've had, I mean, we could probably talk for hours. I mean, it's probably talk for hours. Don't worry. Um, there may be another episode. Like you said, we might need to do this one more time. There might be something else. Um, Um, but thank you so much for being on. I just think that your voice and your energy is just needed. It really, really is needed for so many other moms to see that it can happen. Your dreams are possible. You can be the breadwinner and still work from home. These things are not illusions. They're not shenanigans. It's real life. And I'm, we're proof like it can happen. Absolutely. Um, so, so thank you for being on. Thank you for being an amazing, not just mentor in person, but friend. Um, so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts here. Thanks, Steph. I really appreciate this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you. Just, oh, as, thank you. I just appreciate you as a person. So well-rounded, thank not, just you. As a, not just as a client and also a business coach, but most importantly, as a friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, guys, make sure that you are following not just the podcast, but go find Ash and go follow along her amazing stuff from photography, which is drop dead gorgeous to um, just business and life. Um, keep up with her. Keep up with the podcast and make sure you're following along because you're, there's going to be more episodes that you're definitely not wanting gonna, going to miss. And we will talk soon, guys. Thanks for being here. Mom. Mom.